Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, how are you doing? It's Kutch here from Steve Bloomer's Washing, your independent Derby County fans podcast. And over the next 40 minutes or so, we'll be unpicking a, to be quite honest, devastating and frustratingly familiar late, late, late away loss at Peterborough. Giving us some insight, perspective and hopefully some light relief as ever during this inquest are our sturdy and regular pod panellists, Tom and Anton. Tom, you're on your annual summer tour of uh, the UK, I believe. Where, where are you right now and, and where are you going? Currently in Chester, visiting, I guess, thought it would be the in-laws, uh, but I've also been via Sheffield, uh, Bakewell, Matlock, Derby, and uh, going to Worcester uh, later on today to meet an old university friend. So excited to see him for the first time since before the pandemic. Lovely stuff. Making the most of your uh, summer holiday freedom and pandem- post-pandemic freedom, if we, if we can call it that. And Anton, as ever, bringing a summer bloom to Steve Bloomer's washing. Uh, what's up, your side, bud? Yeah, not bad. Um, definitely less hungover by than you, by the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> I was actually out on Friday night, so I was off the booze yesterday, despite Derby's best efforts. Um, kind of had a day watching sport, flicking between cricket and, and football. Should have just stuck to the cr- cricket, to be honest. Yeah. Would have been a more enjoyable day, but uh, there you go. Well, talking of booze, and as I know, regular listeners will know, we, we do like our like our booze, making no apologies So that. Uh, this is episode 114 of Steve Bloomer's Washington, and we are once again partnered for the season with Derby Brewing Company, Derby's original craft brewer. I have to say, I did manage to get along to the tap in Derby uh, for a sw- literally a very swift one uh, off for the opening day on the way to uh, Huddersfield. It was absolutely fantastic to see the pub busy and to see it full of ram shirts uh, full of ram shirts uh, once again on the way to the game and yeah just really nice to be back in a derby in a derby pub drinking some good uh, local derby beer to do get down there uh, more on my trip to Huddersfield I imagine a bit later but let's start with yesterday and London Road I was actually at Lords watching a glorious Joe Root 180 not out and had the pleasure of being updated of the late goings on at Peterborough by a row of Leicester City fans immediately behind me, who I did manage to neutralise quite early on, which was which was very, very useful and helpful. Uh, I went to the pub for a few more after a day's play. And then uh, when I got home, I decided to watch at midnight pretty much the full rerun of the game, which, as Tom told me earlier, was a, was a stupid mistake. And it was a lovely day of cricket ruined by 45 minutes of football, which I think is the is the famous saying, isn't it, Tom? Uh, I do love that saying, Kutch. It's, uh, it's normally 90 minutes of football, but we'll take 45. I need to know more about how you've neutralised these Leicester City fans. It sounds, sounds like a true Kutch dog story. <laughs> well, so basically, as soon as someone 
one of my mates mentioned I was a Derby fan because there's loads of people around us checking the football scores and, and, and all that stuff and people talking about the fancy teams and all that kind of thing. And so these Leicester City fans piped up behind when I heard that I was a Derby County fan. Started giving me some grief. And I just told them that they're irrelevant. I said, look, you're an irrelevance to me. I think you're a fine club. You've done very well, but you're irrelevant when it comes to Derby County. Get out my grill. And uh, and that kind of neutralized them. So they didn't want to then pretend that they cared about us either. So it's always a tactic I use with Leicester City fans, particularly right now. <laughs> nothing club, nothing nothing matters, yeah? Nothing matters. You're irrelevant. We, not in a forest matters. They're bad, which is helpful for us. Leicester City are quite good. So let's not let's not let's just not get into it. <laughs> good work, good work. Well, uh, we'll hone in then on that crazy last. I think it was twenty five minutes. Once you've added in all the at a time and and our goal in a moment. Uh, but I just wanted to get a sense from you both, really, of what you made of Derby's performance more generally up until uh, Jack Stretton got his first goal for, for the Rams. Tom, was there anything in the performance that kind of gave you some kind of concern or degree of optimism? Um, I thought in the first half we controlled things, but um, I don't think we actually, the, the concerning bit was that we were having seen Morrison and Lawrence both dropping deep. Uh, and when they dropped deep, we weren't then having a connection between Cos and to Colin Cazan Richard, so it looked like he was a bit isolated. Uh, we looked good down the right wing. I think Ebersele has been been really exciting both on Tuesday night uh, and also yesterday, and he obviously tired a bit, which is why he was substituted. And I thought when Louis Sibley came on, he he picked he did what I, I, for me Morrison and Lawrence weren't doing, and that was picking the ball up and driving into the uh, into the Peterborough half. And I thought he looked really good uh, again, and maybe showing some signs of the form that he showed in uh, February twenty. 20- uh, 2020 it seems a long time ago when he uh, obviously scored that thunderbolt against Blackburn and then returned in in the June July time of 2020 with that hat trick against Millwall. So long may those sort of positive sparks continue from those young players. I think they've been been really excellent so far this season. I was going to say exactly the same thing about Lawrence and Morrison. Actually, they, it just looked like they were doing exactly the same thing in the first half. They're, they're both clearly very talented players, and it would be great if we can fit them both into the team and and kind of connecting together but they can't both drop deep like that because there really was a a huge disconnect between the midfield and and Kaz yesterday the only one stretching play at all as you mentioned was Ebersaley and he looked the only threat in the first half it was far too slow getting forward and it was only as you say once Sibley came on and, and once Lawrence started pushing up a little bit in the second half that we started playing much better football and actually second half up until the 89th minute we actually looked very good much the better team and and had it stopped there, you would have said we we fully deserved the win at that point. Did you think, Anton? One of the, one of the positives that came out of the of the Salford game, which we won't go into detail now, was was when uh, Rooney moved Ravel Morrison back to play deeper. Obviously, um, there was other other forwards on the pitch and uh, playing and offering creativity further up. Do you think actually that would be a better place to start him to to kind of more control the control the play with his skill and his technical and his, and his and his vision to control it from there when you've got players like Lawrence or Sibley or Juzvek who, who can hopefully do some damage further up the pitch. I'm not sure you necessarily need to start him in one of those defensive midfield positions. I mean, it, it worked well him dropping back when the likes of Hutchinson pushed forward um, and, and the kind of right backs came. The, the full backs kind of dropped, dropped in as well. What we tried to do yesterday um, was Nathan Byrne was, was kind of coming inside a little bit to a, a kind of inverted fullback position and the um, attacking midfielders were, were kind of dropping in. It was, it, we were trying to make it quite fluid and that could work if one of those players drops in, such as Morrison, um, but only 
if we fill that space with with either one of the the defensive midfielders pushing up, whether that's probably Max Bird is probably the most likely person to do that, and whether the fullbacks come inside as well, the, the likes of Nathan Byrne, so that there is someone to, to pass it to in that space. If no one does that, then it just creates a, a massive void in the middle of the pitch that means that Kazim Richards has no one to, to drop it into when he gets the ball, and it's just very easy to defend against. I felt that when uh, Burned came into that inside position, as you say, like an inverted wing back, um, it sometimes overcrowded the pitch and it got in the way of what Bird was doing. Because I thought Bird was was really excellent yesterday with some great like little touches and some turns um, and some of the passing that he he displayed is a good range of passing like he he had uh, when Rooney first came to the club. And actually the, the problem that we then had, I thought, is that because Byrne went into that, that position, Morrison and Lawrence were both dropping deeper. Bird was then sort of suffocated and then Shinny became anonymous. The only time he actually broke forward was the time in the second half when he should have slipped Stretton uh, in and he played an awful pass. I'm, I'm 90% sure it's Shinny who went went forward. And it just it was just really frustrating to watch because like the players there, that 11 are capable of beating pretty much any team in the championship without doubt. It's The, the problem we've got is the depth, of course. Um, and we should be beating aside the likes of Peterborough. They, they were nothing. And the, the real concerning thing is obviously the result and the fact that they're going to be a relegation candidate certainly and if we're not going to be relegation candidates we've got to be picking up results there and we've got to be better and it's got to be the the experienced professionals the shinnies the foresights the Searmans for example have to be performing at the top of their game and for me yesterday shinny wasn't good enough he was anonymous and foresight was appalling again uh, at left back there is an argument as well with Nathan Byrne who who is another one that didn't have a good game yesterday that him dropping inside actually takes away from from what he does really well, which is getting outside the the right winger, kind of bombing on, yeah. using his pace, getting to the byline, getting crosses into the box. We didn't see that at all yesterday because he dropped inside. It gave Eversali a chance to stay out wide, which he did really well. But you just lost that kind of extra bit of energy from Nathan Byrne, and that is that is his game. So let's talk then about the business end of the game when it all kicked off. First of all. 19-year-old Jack Stretton scored what we hoped was Derby's winner after Peterborough didn't clear a corner and headers from Curtis Davis and Ravel Morrison kept the ball alive. And the the teenager executed a really sharp half-volley on the turn from six yards out to rifle past the posh goalkeeper. Anton, it was a classic fox-in-the-box poachers finish, wasn't it? Kind of kind of a reminder of, a, of another striker in blue at the other end of the pitch that used to play for us. Yeah, I, I loved that goal. It was so instinctive, wasn't it? And, and the technique to, to be able to swivel like that and hit the bouncing ball, keep it down, and with such power as well. He gave the keeper absolutely no chance. And it, it was great to see how much he loved it and how much the fans loved it as well. And at that point had had he gone on to be the winner it would have been such a huge confidence boost for both him and the team it would have been incredible and, and some great moment, momentum to take into the next game because we, we are going to need Jack Stretton obviously after the the injury to CKR we'll need him to step up I thought he did well against Salford as well um, he, he kind of snatched a, a couple of chances and had a couple of loose first touches when he was in on goal which was a little bit of a shame it was almost as if he he wanted that first goal too much but I think having got that goal now with something that was so instinctive that he didn't need to think about it will give him that confidence that he, he doesn't need to snatch at those chances and hopefully the goal, goals will start flowing after that yeah you think you feel like that goal could be crucial for him as you say particularly as, he, as he'll have to probably come in for CKR which, which we'll come on to Tom 
the dreaded collapse did come shortly after. I think we had elation for about five or six minutes. The collapse came from 90 minutes onwards, uh, again, familiar. I think there was 11 minutes of added time, but it only took one of them for Harrison Burrows to tap in at the back post after Forsyth lost his aerial duel, uh, which actually is normally one of his strengths. And Kamal Juzvek um, on for Ravel Morrison just six minutes earlier inexplicably did not track his man and allowed the ball allowed the ball to be fired across the six yard box. Tom, wh- where do you start with the defending for that? You've already touched it. Force. I've had a poor game, so I imagine you, you're, you're critical of, of him here. And yeah, where does where does the fault lie, or is it just a collective failure of basics again? It's a collective failure of basics, but actually at the same time there were there were some pretty catastrophic errors in there. Um, the, the fault lies with Forsyth. It's a long diagonal ball. The ball is up in the air for a long, a long while, and he goes up to challenge it, and he doesn't challenge. He ducks. He ducks out of it, trying to I don't know, trying to win a free kick or something. It, whatever he does, it looks embarrassing and it looks really poor. And he doesn't win the ball. Then Yuzviak is on his heels. He seems to leave it for uh, I think Davis to come out. And in fact, the fact that Davis reacts like he does, he he recognizes the danger, and Yuzviak doesn't recognize that danger. And he desperately tries to lunge across and at that exact moment. If you are actually able to take your eyes away from the ball and you're looking at Nathan Byrne at the back post, not that I necessarily think Nathan Byrne's going to be able to do too much apart from maybe divert the ball into his own net, but Nathan Byrne is standing watching as the Peterborough substitute Burrows uh, sneaks in around the back because he realises what's going to happen. The ball's going to come across the box and Byrne's not there at all. And Byrne should be back in position uh, and he's ball watching as well. So massive error from Foz, basic from Jozviak, basic from Byrne, uh, an all-round appalling goal to concede. It's almost like you, you, you can't really single out any one player because between the two goals, there were probably seven or eight players at fault for, for yeah. those goals. What, what I found quite interesting was Rooney's post-match interview. He said, mistakes happen in football. That, that's just something that you have, have to live with. I can accept that if it's one mistake. There were three or four mistakes in the build-up to both of those goals. That is absolutely criminal in the in stoppage time when you're defending a 1-0 lead. You shouldn't be making one of those mistakes because concentration levels should be at their absolute highest. If there's one mistake, you can, you can kind of accept it. But three to four mistakes in the space of about 10 seconds is, is just a lack of concentration. And it, it is not acceptable to do that once but for two goals it is abysmal yeah it kind of reminds me and this has been a theme for a few years i think i've mentioned before of when nigel clough used to say mistakes compound the other mistakes and kind of building up on each other so if you make one mistake you've got to trust or you've got to have a teammate ready to mop up and not make the next mistake and and when you have three or four errors in a row like you know giving away the free kick not winning the error drew not not tracking your man that's it leads it leads to goals and then you know just when you're getting over the loss of three points and settling for one Derby again get opened up down our left and uh, a shambles of an attempted clearance from Nathan Byrne eventually falls to uh, Sariki Dembele I've literally lost count of how many Dembele's play football in this country it's amazing who finds the bottom corner from 12 hours out of course he does I think 110th minute was it Anton did you see that hammer blow coming once uh, once that, that equaliser went in, did you think it was just a matter of time before we conceded the, the loss? Let's put it this way. I, w- I wasn't surprised by it. I actually thought we reacted okay to the goal and either side could have nicked it at the end. Um, but it was classic derby. So it, it wasn't us, basically. Yeah, I just um, just start echoing Anton's points from the first goal as well and the players that we've mentioned there. Um, I could understand the mistakes if it was two or three mistakes coming from young players and they were making the errors. Like, say, Stretton gave yeah. the ball away, Bird yeah. didn't track his man. But Forsyth has played... 
200, 300 professional games in his career. Jozwiak is an international player. Nathan Byrne is an experienced right-back and the commentators were going on about how he's one of the best right-backs in the championship. Not on yesterday's showing, he's not. Curtis Davis had a had a decent game yesterday, but he clashed with somebody in the air for the, um, for the second goal. Forsyth was on his heels, not tracking the run down the right wing. Byrne makes a complete pig's ear of that, that cross into the box and it's basic. And then when he does try and clear it, he clears it into the centre, he panics. He doesn't have any sort of composure because he, he realises he's me- made a mess of it and he, he compounds that error with a second error of kicking the ball straight into the middle of the penalty area, which is which again is ridiculous. I can understand multiple mistakes from young players, inexperienced players. I cannot understand and accept mistakes from experienced pros when we're trying to desperately... Uh, give these young players experience and lead by example. They're not leading by example. And currently we're being held together by a bunch of 19-year-olds. Credit to those kids there who are really trying to trying to do their best. But if we continue to do this, it's going to come to a point where things will become so negative and it will become really difficult for those young players to play. We need some positivity in our next game on Wednesday and we need somebody like Lawrence, like Morrison, like maybe Stearman or Byrne to have a real excellent game and just show uh, what they're capable of to show this these young Derby players that we are capable of fighting in this league. I'm not sure what you guys think about the the goal, but I, I thought Nathan Byrne should have gone at that with his left foot. I'm I'm not a defender, but it seems much harder to me to to clear a ball that's coming across your body and to try and wrap your foot around it at the perfect time. Just get your left foot in front of it and, and put it out for a corner or a throw in. Whatever, whatever you can do in that situation, there's two minutes left. Just get it out however you can. Don't try and mess about with it and, and do it with the wrong foot. I, I don't know what you, you guys thought about that. He seems to try and put too much power into it. Like he really swings his boot. And actually, I think he's he's trying to clear it maybe for a throw-in. That's potentially my uh, my thought on it. And actually, if you just opened his body up, as you said, and just sort of left foot, side foot away, just went for the corner. Yes, you're putting yourself under pressure and you maybe could have got considered a throw-in instead, but you'd understand why you'd do that. And that would be the sensible thing to have done. So yeah, I, I, I would would agree and maybe that says a lack of confidence in his left foot but um but yeah poor poor defending from the attempted clearance and then even worse from the actual clearance which went straight to Nebele. I, t- I take your point on that Anton and I'm I wouldn't profess to be an expert on the best way to clear to clear the ball in that situation but how many times have we seen a defender try and clear the ball that way yeah even in high profile player finals for example and pass it straight into the middle of the goal or it go back in field to create danger I think I guess he's thinking as Tom said hit it out for a throw in which yeah, actually get it off the pitch and, and reset, as I imagine he's probably thinking, or it could p- purely be that, yeah, he doesn't trust his left foot, which which isn't good enough for a, for a professional. But either way, as Tom says, it's the senior players let us down. And Nathan Byrne is actually one of the more defendable ones. So it is really disappointing that all of those mistakes came from senior professionals. It wasn't one of our teenage fullbacks. It wasn't one of our 19-year-old midfielders. It wasn't a, a, stri- a 19-year-old striker not tracking back. It was seasoned pros who, who should know a lot better. And they are currently letting down uh, the rest of the youngsters who are putting absolutely everything into it and have been actually quite impressive. Let's talk about one of those uh, senior professionals, then, as we mentioned, uh, Josvac. Obviously had a significant role in the equaliser. He came on for Morrison, I imagine, to offer some pace on the counter and get us on the pitch, but also get us up the pitch, sorry. But also because he is generally good at tracking back and the defensive stuff. That's normally what is actually quite impressive about while his while attacking game's not firing. So, Tom, we may not have the luxury of choice, to be honest, but is is his time running out? And, you know, we really hoped and needed him to, to kick on this season, but it's just not happening, is it? No, and it's a shame. He's he's obviously a talented player, but we, we keep saying the same thing. And uh, his stats didn't lie last year. I think it was one goal and two assists uh, across the whole season. Um, and yes, it was in a struggling derby team, but... I, 
he's maybe a player that we we cannot afford uh, to keep, not just not just financially, but also in terms of we need a player to actually step up and do something and and to to help the team, not be at fault fault for goals. And from memory, I think he was at fault for the uh, first Salford goal where he wasn't tracking his runner as well um, from the flick on from the front post in the corner, um, and it's headed at the back post. Like you can't you can't legislate for that when you if you're not doing this, the business up front and that's your sort of main position, then we can't have him in the team at the moment. And that's why he's on the bench. And he's come off of the bench for six minutes plus stoppage time. And in that time, we've conceded two goals and he is partly culpable for one of them. And that for me isn't good enough. So I think it's, um, if we get a decent offer from a side to, for him, it's probably going to be a bigger team than us. I know Galatasaray was supposedly linked in the media. Whether or not that's true is is a different matter. But um, if we get another offer, I would be taking taking the money and trying to trying to bring somebody else in who's who's going to contribute to the team much more more effectively. Yeah, as as Tom said there, there has been reporters' interest in the Turkish media from Galatasaray as ever. No idea how legitimate that is or, or how good the sources are, but apparently they have been interested for for a couple of years now. And we did run a poll on Twitter earlier in the week before the Peter Batch, I think before the Salford game as well, as, as Tom said when he was at fault for one of the goals. And we asked uh, our listeners and followers on Twitter whether we should keep him or sell him. It was quite close. Uh, 57% said keep and 43% said sell and we had a few comments in the replies as well on twitter from dcfc steven he said sell if it helps us get out the mess we're in so we can bring in five more players i think that's uh optimistic if not though we should keep pointless selling uh neil b said i thought that he was playing his best for us when christian bielik was fit and playing hopefully i can both get back to that kind of form and yeah i'd agree with that that would be a hell of a plus just to have bielik in and if you get the best out of Juzvac, that would be nice and nick on twitter said now that fans are back hopefully the noise can spur him on unless the fee can be reinvested into the fred bear squad it's pointless weakening what we already don't have Good point. Anton, where do you stand on Jos? Uh, if you had an offer of a couple of million pounds, would you take it and reinvest if you can? Or do you think it'll ultimately come good and we need to be patient? I think I agree with a lot of those comments, to be honest. The fact that the squad is so thin at the moment, it would be taking a big risk to sell him. If if we can be confident, we'd be able to reinvest and, and bring in um, a, a player to replace him or maybe even two or three if, if we get things signed off with the EFL. Then... I probably would. I, I think we've been very patient with Jozviak. It's It was obviously a, a difficult move for him to make at a young age and, and kind of the pandemic obviously didn't help with that either. But he's been at the club for, for a long time now and it's, to me, there doesn't seem to be a marked improvement. I know um, one of the listeners mentioned Christian Bielik and, and the impact that he had, but I'd probably argue that every player looked better in the, in the side with yeah. Christian Bielik. Yeah. That, that was just because we looked a better team. So I'm not sure you can really rely on Bielik making Jozviak look better. Um, I think we have better options in those positions at the moment. I think Sibley's looked better so far. The fact that we've now got Morrison to, to bulk up those front three, if, if we can reinvest that money, then then I would do that. And I think that would be a good move for him as, as well as Derby. So um, let's talk about a player that we looks like we definitely have lost for the short term, at least. And as if throwing away three points late on to a relegation rival wasn't enough. Uh, we also witnessed Colin Kazim Richards uh, taking our only senior striker being taken off on a stretcher in the 52nd minute with what I think is an ankle injury. I think I heard that um, in my hungover haze from, from Wayne Rooney this morning. Uh, Tom, how, how big a miss is, is CKR going to be? And is Stretton the only, in the current squad, is Stretton the only possible solution to really kind of fill that 
that number nine role. In short, it's a huge loss. And yes, Stretton is the only option. Uh, I did read that the EFL, uh, having been approached by Sky Sports yesterday afternoon, I think it was Michelle Owen, uh, have said that they will ratify another signing for Derby if Kazim Richards is out for a long time. Um, so perhaps there is an opportunity to bring someone in, maybe Bulldog if he's still available. I'm, I'm not sure who, who the options would be. Um, and obviously the budgets are still tight, but there could be somebody coming in. But yeah, a huge loss because he's a big character. Uh, it's such a shame that he's already got such a good relationship with the fans and they've not been in the stadiums and then he's played two games with them being in the stadium and he, and um, he's out for a significant amount of time he was down uh, he looked to be at one stage I thought he was in, in tears it wasn't quite that he was obviously just in quite a lot of discomfort down there but he was down for four or five minutes before actually being taken off um, I didn't actually see the incident I was a bit late switching back over uh, at half time uh, on the football so I didn't actually see what was happening I was turned over to see him in, uh, down on the floor so whatever's happened it's obviously a serious one and I, I hope he gets gets back to fitness as soon as possible yeah so I, I was watching it. he kind of jumped over the tackle and just landed on one leg I'm not sure it, it, it didn't seem to look like he rolled his ankle necessarily it might have been kind of Achilles or, or calf but it certainly didn't look good straight away and you, and you knew it was going to be a serious one and it's going to be a massive miss for this side. Other than um, obviously a tidy goal, Anton, was there anything in, in Jack Shretton's performance uh, either uh, yesterday at Peterborough or, or midweek against Salford to suggest that he could be could be a good option? Obviously, he's a very different type of player to, to CK. I also thought the other option could be playing someone like a Lawrence or even maybe a Juzvek as a false as a false nine. But either way, it's going to be, you're not going to have that hold up presence so I mean Jack Stratton's strength to me looks like kind of clever movement runs in behind so Derby will have to change the way they play if they don't replace CKR. Yeah I, I really like Jack Stratton as you say he's a very different type of player but his movement is really good you saw that in, in full view against Salford and I know it's a league two opposition but a very good league two side and he was getting in behind uh, time after time and, and we've got the players behind him who, who can find him we, we've got good players on the ball um, good passes of the ball we will have to change the style because um, he won't be able to hold up play like CKR does and I think he probably is the best option because even if you play a Tom Lawrence um, or a Yusviak in there they're probably quite similar styles of play to Jack Stretton but in a one-on-one -on -one situation, I want Jack Stressy in there, to be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's always nice to see that kind of striker, isn't it? It can be exciting to see the kind of striker that is basically meant to be a goal machine. And that's kind of what he does is get goals. And if you can get a player like that firing, obviously we've got to create the supply for him. And you'd think with, I mean, you do on the paper, Ravel Morrison, Tom Lawrence, Jews that to a degree, but we've kind of discussed that he's not obviously in, in great form. They should be the kind of players, and Max Bird as well, obviously can pick a pass, who can find a striker like that with good movement. So, yeah, it might have to change the way you play. It, it might be a really good thing. It, I probably, it probably isn't going to be, and I think if the AFL do let us sign someone, which I find that a bit odd if they can just change the rules because we've got an injury, that's this kind of just follows the, the logic that the AFL kind of make it up as they go along. Then obviously we need to bring someone else in. Bulldog looked like he would do a job. I don't, not particularly inspiring. We addressed him on the on the season opener pod. But yeah, we, we definitely would need an extra body in there. So to finish this first half, uh, let's get a bit more of our listeners and patrons' thoughts in your shout. Your, your shout. shout. Ah. 
Uh, the Discord chat. You know what? Actually, I'll just say I'm really enjoying uh, the Discord, ch the Discord chat, boys, uh, with with our patrons uh, on on the forum. Uh, it's been really nice having uh, discussions with them during matches. Obviously, not much to uh, get excited about or happy about at the moment, but it's it's really good to have kind of like minded chat. So another reason to join the Steve Lewis washing uh, Patreon. Uh, but yeah, the Discord chat after the game was obviously pretty down. But Hucknall Ram said looked better going forward than last season but the same lack of game management and late goals cost us. That sounds familiar. Danny said, felt like we controlled the game until 10 minutes of madness. Disappointed, but not surprised. And Tom and I will be seeing Danny at Headingley in about 10 days time. Looking forward to that, Danny. Uh, Kurt said, second half, I thought we did well until added time when it counted. Highlights, uh, performance wise were Streatham and Max Bird. And Getty said, can't see anything short of relegation. If really doesn't fancy Marshall as one of the two keepers, he needs to be sold so we can get a new striker in, especially with CKR injured. And then over on the Steve Bloomers Washington Twitter, Alex Fisher said, uh, what is going on in training? We couldn't defend set pieces last season and nothing has changed. I know Rooney's got his hands tied, but the least I expect is the instilling the basics into them. Happy for Stretton, but he's not ready to carry the striking burden alone. Uh, Joel Moore said a game or result that epitomised the current situation, a squad playing out of their skin for the club, but fundamentally not very good and wafer thin. And finally, Julian Gerson said, my family is actively urging me to find a new hobby. Supporting this club is going to give me hemorrhoids. I think we can all. <laughs> I think it might be TMI, but I think we can all. I think we can all empathise with that. Uh, with that from uh, Julian. So thank you for that, Julian. Keep him coming, uh, or, or not. Um, so we mentioned our Patreon there, and there's still plenty of time uh, to sign up and join us as an SBW patron to hear extra bonus Derby County podcasts from us. Get a free pint for signing up uh, from Derby Brewing. And have the chance to win a free course Christmas dinner in our fantasy football league. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Steve Burns Washington to sign up and claim those great membership benefits today. And we'll whack uh, a link in the episode show notes as well. And you can find it on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. So welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing. And uh, we touched on it a little bit in the first half about the youngsters actually kind of being the ones who are turning up for Derby at the moment. And obviously we've seen a bit more of them in, in the midweek as well against Salford. Uh, Louis Watson, Jack Stretton, Hutchinson, Ebersele have all been impressive for, for different reasons. Anton, if, if you've taken those four, obviously Max Burden is a bit further along Buchanan's a bit further along. Taking those four, though, Watson, Stretton, Hutchinson, and Ebersele, who, who do you think is the most likely to, to step up and have a real impact you know, this season and in the longer term? There are probably two that I think can, can really step up and, and kind of force their way into this team. The first one is, is Louis Watson, because I, I think he, his passing range on the ball is, is really, really high quality. Some of, some of the three balls that he was playing in uh, the Salford game were, were just pretty unreal. And, and if we go to a slightly more direct style of football with Jack Stretton up top, that's the kind of pass that we'll, we'll be needing from deep. So Louis Watson could be a really good option to play in the, um, those two roles in, in centre midfield. The other is is obviously Ebersele, who who's been probably our best player the last two games. I, I quite liked him pushing a little bit further forward um, yesterday. I, although he, he did well at right back, I'm, I'm not 
overly convinced about his defensive positioning and, and his defensive qualities. But going forward, he's just such a threat. His, his pace is just on another level. Um, and he, he really stretches the play and, and looked our most threatening player yesterday. Just on the topic of Ebersaley, actually, I think absolute top priority for us as Derby fans, which will hopefully help lift the mood a little bit, is to create a chant for our newest um, fan favourite um, because we, we need to show him some love after the, the performances that he's, he's been putting in. Um, I've actually got a contender for you guys. So I don't know. goes to, to the tune of Tom Jones, She's a Lady. Listen to this. So, Ebersaley. <laughs> whoa, 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 Ebersaley. One more time, Ebersaley. Whoa, 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 Ebersaley. I like that. What, what do you yep. reckon? you imagine the, the South Stand chanting that for five minutes after his first goal at Pride Park? I can certainly imagine that. And I think it would sound very good at a, a, a good away end like it would have been at Peterborough yesterday. So, uh, so yeah, definitely definitely on board for that one. And I'm actually gutted that we had a we had a good chant for Colin Kazan Richards to move on or not. But unfortunately, that won't get sung uh, potentially until at least after Christmas. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't know if there's a video of it, but basically when we did the Steve Burns washing kind of end of season review and Chris hosted us, it was kind of, after the restrictions were, were lifted, we had quite a boozy night, didn't we, boys, at Chris's with uh, partners as well. And we, I think we were chanting that about one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> o'clock in the, morning the Colin Cousin Richards song. Um, and l- thankfully, I don't think there's any video evidence or it hasn't, hasn't been uh, released. Uh, anyway, I really like that Abbasale chant. There's been loads of uh, good recommendations for uh, Abbasale chants uh, on Twitter. I haven't, I haven't actually really heard, I didn't really hear yesterday anyway and what, what they were going for. But I, what I like about Anton's uh, contribution there is very, very, very simple and it's just you can definitely hear that as you say going on for a, a good few minutes after a, a, a classic episode run down the line or, or ho- hopefully his first goal uh quite soon um tom from from the youngsters I mean, the, the other one we didn't mention there who has looked impressive when he when he has played has been uh, dylan williams at left back who, who looks like maybe in contrast to ever like a, a a real a real tough defender as well as as, as useful going forward so of, of those youngsters so far tom who's kind of caught your eye yeah, I quite liked Williams on uh, Tuesday night against Salford. I thought he made a good account of himself. And um, with Forsyth's obviously difficulties on Saturday and a uh, potential for, uh, I've seen this morning from the Nottingham Post that uh, there's another bid for Buchanan from Forrest of up to £2 million. Yeah, potential that we might have to chuck another youngster in. So yeah, we'll see We'll see what comes of him. I think he's a little bit further behind the, the curve than the likes of Watson and Hutchinson and Ebersele. I think they're going to be the three that are going to, to come in this season more regularly. I quite liked Watson. I um, think he looks like a talented player. He seems to run out of gas a little bit uh, and got a bit overrun in the first game against Huddersfield. Uh, I thought Hutchinson's touches and his finish showed uh, really really good composure on, on Tuesday night. Um, a really sort of mature bided his time and waited for the right moment to strike that ball into the bottom corner so both of those players have impressed me Hutchinson and Watson and obviously Ebersele uh, with the great chant from Anton there hopefully that gets going um, he's looked at a real positive impact on the beginning of the season so there's definitely some bright sparks for Derby it's just uh, hopefully the senior pros can then start to match the effort and the application from these youngsters yeah so you mentioned uh, Tuesday night there against Salford and you know Obviously, a top two turvy game, and we and we squeeze through on penalties. Uh, but obviously, a great night's entertainment and and free derby goals to celebrate, which has been. I don't think we're going to see that too often this season. Let's just pick out for a second Ravel Morrison's absolute thunderbastard, as Chris would call it, on the half volley, bouncing back to him off the wall, 
and him half falling it absolutely straight into that top corner, uh, right in front of the south stand as well, which I imagine was great being behind that goal. Anton, we did actually see a, a few decent goals for Derby last season, uh, even though there wasn't many goals. There was a few high quality ones. H- how good a goal was that Rapper Morrison strike? Yeah, really good. And another one that was just kind of instinctive to Ines because he, he didn't have much time to think about it, but it really showed how technically brilliant he is um, and what he can bring to this team. Um He's looked really good, just kind of controlling play and, and spreading the ball with kind of raking passes. Obviously, that goal was was high quality as well. I actually thought it was quite quiet yesterday um, and at, at times in, in the Salford game. I, I think what he needs to work on is, is just kind of really taking taking control of games and, and kind of being involved a little bit more. He's clearly got the technical ability um, but as he, he starts building up his match fitness, I'd like to see him a little bit more. That's my only criticism of him so far. Yeah, Tom, Anton said earlier that he he definitely would prefer playing Avon Morrison further forward and not necessarily one of those deeper line uh, midfield roles where he did have where he did have an impact against against Salford. What what do you see as his best role? How how do you think Rooney can get the best out of him? Yeah, the the Morrison role yesterday reminded me of the Harry Wilson central midfield role where you've got a. a a really flying winger attacking sort of player dropping deep uh, and that can work if you have a team which is maybe a bit more open in the middle uh, and coming and pressing you because you can beat the press and then he can drive into the opponent's half but Peterborough were sitting deep and I like, had two banks of four and were happy for us to like have the ball at the back so in, in a game like that I really want Morrison to be in the dangerous areas of the pitch 10-15 yards away from the penalty area uh, not 10-15 yards into our own half so yeah I totally agree I think him dropping deep could work against some of the better sides like uh, say a Fulham for example or even a West Brom because they're more likely to be pushing us back and it could, could leave some space in between the the defence in the midfield for him to exploit um, but yeah when we're playing a side like Peterborough who were happy to let us have the ball he really needs to be further up the pitch to have more of an impact on the game In those games against Fulham as well he'd certainly be able to pick out a, a 40 yard through ball to someone like Jack Stretton on the counter attack so yeah I, I, that could work really nicely So we should we should touch upon uh, one of the more unsavoury uh, moments that happened at London Road yesterday uh, Punjabi Rams uh, tweeted after the match and reported uh, hearing uh, I think Ray racist abuse towards Kamal Juzvek and homophobic abuse uh, directed towards one of the uh, Peterborough players. And the club, I believe, have, have said that they have kind of received that report and, and are looking into it. Uh, Tom, I know that you, you were following us on Twitter last night. I think it's probably, it goes without saying, but I think it definitely needs to be said that obviously we would condemn any uh, kind of homophobic or, or racist abuse uh, aimed at anyone in any situation, not just at, at football. And again, I think it goes without saying, but we, we'd like to think that none of our listeners would be that way inclined to, to think or, or say such things. And um, if you are someone that listens to this podcast and kind of gets involved and thinks that kind of stuff, then we don't want you listening to us, to be quite honest. It's just depressing, isn't it, Tom, that we finally get fans back and probably unsurprisingly at Derby and, and probably other clubs around the country, we, we start to hear reports of this kind of thing again. Yeah, really disappointing. And we stand with our brothers and sisters at uh, Punjabi Rams in, in condemning that. They tweeted last night, just to paraphrase this, there was a minority of our fans made a homophobic slur towards a Peterborough player and racist comments towards Yuzviak. Now, don't know any of the details of it as obviously we weren't there, but um, it's really disappointing to hear that. And it's a disappointing to hear more broadly on the football um in the football world, the Man United fan who had a Turkish flag uh, flying it towards the Leeds fans in reference to the uh, murders in, I think, 2000 when Leeds went to Galatasaray, but also the Leeds fans chanting about Munich. So it doesn't excuse it anywhere, but there's clearly issues and football fans just need to be a little bit more grown up with things and just not 
be discriminatory towards other people and not to to remind people of of horrific incidents that have happened in the past uh, in these clubs. There's no need for it. Get behind your team, support the team, have a great day, but just leave the discrimination at home. Um, and if you are one of those people, then I really hope you stop listening to our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on, a, on a slightly more positive note, I, I will say I did get to the opening day of the season again. I was, I was actually at Trent Bridge watching the cricket and I made a call on Saturday morning. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll miss basically the afternoon and start of the evening session. I, I raced over on the train to, to Derby, as I said, popped into the tap, had a beer there. And it was just so good to be back at Pride Park. I, I, don't, I wasn't expecting it to find it emotional, but I will say that a few moments, particularly uh, when the teams came out and just when the, the South Sound was bouncing and just being surrounded by fellow Derby fans again uh, in, in Pride Park, it was it was a bit emotional, actually. And a bit, there was a few moments where I did catch myself a bit of a tear in my eye out, out of absolutely nowhere. And uh, it was just, just great to be back. So really looking forward to getting up to Pride Park again this season and hopefully getting the away game in with you boys as well. Tom, we're going to come on to who ram I shortly. Uh, any, any other business from you? Uh, yeah, if uh, any of you have seen on Twitter the first Fulham goal yesterday by Alexander Mitrovic, it's an absolute screamer. Basically, the ball gets played back to the Huddersfield keeper. He It was going to go out for a corner, so he desperately tries to keep it on. Uh, he keeps it on, tries to clear it away on the half volley, scuffs it. Mitrovic falls over, hits his knee and goes into the back of the net. It's an absolute belter. So I'm sure uh, someone will retweet that from our account later on. And I'm sure uh, Chris's wife will not be very happy at seeing her side lose 5-1 at home to to promotion chase and Fulham. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the other championship action uh, from yesterday yet because as I said when I got in I got in about midnight and I was a little bit intoxicated the manager put myself through that second half. I couldn't get Quest on demand to work or anything so I literally couldn't watch any of the highlights so I've got all the match today all of the quests to catch up on today which, which will be good fun. Tom, uh, all right, let's do back to the old school classic. Who Ram I? Tong's going to give us a series of clues, and Anton and I have got to buzz in with our names and and have a guess at which former Ram Tom is describing. I will say at this moment, the state I'm in, I am not confident of success here. But uh, Tom, over to you. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, who Ram I? Going to give you some clues. Anton and Kutch will have the chance to guess after each clue uh, just by saying their name. Uh, and then whoever obviously gets the guess correct will be the winner of this little game. Um, so our first clue, boys, is this is a young lad. I was born on September 22nd, 1996. Catch. Uh, probably Martin Waghorn. There's too young. Martin Waghorn yeah. is incorrect. I'll go Camille Yuzviak. Uh, Camille Yuzviak is a good guess, but it's incorrect. I thought this clue might steer towards Martin Waghorn, the second one, but we'll go with it anyway. I played four games for my local club, Ipswich Town, at the start of my career. I've got n- nothing there yet. Carry on. Uh, I played 77 times for Derby County over two seasons. Catch. Jack Marriott. Jack Marriott is incorrect. Oh, what? He, he played for Ipswich, didn't he? He definitely played for Ipswich. Yeah, I think God. he did, yeah. Well, he was in the academy. I don't know if he played for them, but yeah, he was in the academy. Our fourth clue, uh, I only scored one goal for Derby County in those two seasons. Must be a defender or a holding midfielder then. I'm going to say Max Lowe. Max Lowe is a good guess, but it's not the one. Having been on loan at Derby County, I've just joined another championship side on loan. Oh, catch. Matt Clark. Matt Clark is the correct oh. answer. Good work. I thought the, uh, the four games for my local club, Itchwich Town, would be the curveball. And I haven't mentioned Portsmouth, which would have been my next yeah. clip yeah. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he played with. So a, a recent one, a relatively easy one, but challenging clues, I think. But good work, Kutch. Your hungover state has seen you through. Yeah. And, and again, one goal, but should have been, what, 10? Probably. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, a, a surprising win, but Anton also is normally pretty poor at this game, like me uh, as, as well. So uh, I, I think I, I got a, I got a kind matchup considering the uh, emotional state I'm, I'm currently in. Gents, an absolute pleasure as always. I'm sorry Derby can't be putting us in a better mood, but you certainly lightened mine this morning. Uh, Anton, take care. See you soon. Cheers, Catch. Speak soon. Tom, thanks for your time as ever. Yeah, all the best. I'm just going to go and sit in front of the cricket for the next few hours. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy your drive, drive safe. And listeners, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.